0: Welcome to another episode of Reverend G's Words of Encouragement. I am delighted that you have decided to listen into to my sermons today. I pray that something is said that will just touch you in a special way and encourage you on this journey. As I always like to say, my sermons are short, sweet, and impactful. So please listen to today's show. Is there something you've learned or liked? Please feel free to share with family and friends and everywhere on your social media. Thank you. And enjoy the show you know in today's world it's kind of tough to understand why marriage is something that someone would want to consider doing especially when you hear the stats of nearly 40 to 50 percent of all marriages end up in divorce no doubt I'm pretty sure that personally you probably know someone who, a couple that has divorced, or someone who might be going through a divorce. Marriage is a tough thing to kind of get involved with. And I dare say that some of us are probably products of a marriage that was dissolved when we were young in our, in our adolescent life by our parents. Some of us are here probably as a part of that. And I'll admit to you personally, when the pastor asked me to preach on the subject of marriage, I was both delighted and I had some reservations. I was delighted because I'm married to the queen of my dreams. I had reservations because I didn't want anything, I didn't want to say anything that might change that. Uh, So y'all pray with me as... uh, I talk about a subject that is near and dear to me, and I know to most of you as well. In setting this stage, I believe in the world today, there are several ways to get married. There's your way. There's my way. There's the way that the television portrays it. There's the way that your girlfriends or your boys tell you how to get married. But there's also God's way. And in my mind, God's way is the right way. Which leads me to my subject this morning of marriage the right way. First of all, before all the single listeners tune me out or switch to a different channel, at least hit me out for a few moments. If you are designed to get married, and notice I said if you are designed. Because contrary to popular belief, not every single person has marriage as a priority uh, in their life. But if you're designed to get married, wouldn't it be important to learn to stand marriage the right way before you go marry someone the wrong way, end up in a wrong situation, for the wrong amount of time, and with all the wrong impact? So I'm reminded of a movie that came out in 2007 by Tyler Perry. And the title of that movie is, Why Did I Get Married? (laughs) The plot centers around four couples, as they struggle through life and marriage issues like finances, emotional issues, financial issues, financial issues, communication issues, life issues, as they struggle through life issues. Now, the story, the movie is not based on a true story, but there are some truths in the story. Are y'all with me this morning? Yes. For if we look beyond the wedding ceremony, I could conclude that many of us decided to get married to that person because we felt that we wanted to spend the rest of our lives with them. And we could not imagine a day without them being in our lives. Most of us, if not all of us, never envisioned the arguments and the disagreements. We probably never thought that our wife's dreams would change and those changes would, uh, would be in conflict with what I want as a husband. Somebody ought to say amen this morning. All we could think about was that we had met the woman of our dreams. She looked good. She had it all going on. And all we wanted to do is have a successful marriage. I submit to you that a successful marriage requires a lot of work. And it's been my experience that work never ends. If you think the work ends, you're setting yourself up for some headaches. You have often heard me speak about my marriage, but lest you leave here thinking that Brenda and I arrived at our marital bliss, let me share with you a small portion of our journey. To start with, allow allow me to tell you a little bit about me. And how my thinking on relationships and marriage has changed from what I used to think and live to now how I live and think. First, you should know that I grew up in an environment where my father and mother separated when I was somewhere around the age of five. So I never really had the opportunity to observe a healthy mother father uh, marital relationship. And from that separation, My life didn't get any better, for my mom ended up falling for a man that did not understand what it meant to respect a wife and what it meant to be a husband. And he displayed those characteristics on a daily basis in front of me and in front of my siblings. Uh, Which means I grew up a young man with all the wrong thinking I had to observe from the two major male figures in my life. So you can only imagine the struggles I went through as I fell in love with with a woman who had a complete different upbringing than myself. Are y'all with me this morning? They say the first few years of marriage are tough. Let me reassure you, that's absolutely unequivocally the truth. (laughs) Uh, You see, I struggled as a husband. I really didn't know what to do. I kind of had an idea of what not to do, but that would only get me so far. And truth be known, I really didn't get to know healthy relationships until I started hanging out around the church and reading the scriptures. Now, please don't leave here with a misunderstanding. Brenda and I had a spectacular wedding. We had a marvelous reception, and we had a glorious honeymoon. But that's where the real work really begins after all that takes place. You see, our struggle started when all the gifts had been opened, after all the gift cards had been spent, when there was no more mama and no more daddy around, and we found ourselves in a little apartment looking at each other saying, what are we going to do now? That's when the real work begins to take place. And it's interesting, though all of those struggles that we've gone through, I find myself that God has placed me in this position today to be here to talk to you about the subject of marriage the right way. Single people, once again, please don't change that dial. Because I believe that marriage planning has to take place long before you meet the person that you want to marry. If you're trying to figure it out after you met them, I submit to you, you have waited too long. Are y'all with me this morning? I believe that if you haven't thought and prayed about your potential spouse, there is a high probability that you will marry the wrong person based on your definition of who that person should be as opposed to the person that God would want you to be with. So that being said, let us take a closer look at today's text. And you notice we started today's text and we began right at the seventh verse. And at the beginning of that seventh verse, you see the word likewise, which in my mind begs the tension of what was being discussed prior to verse seven. For likewise means in the same way. So the author is referring to something obviously that he had stated prior to arriving at the seventh verse and so we had to look back at least from verses one through six for, I, for often I think in this male-dominated society we always focus on verses one through six because in verses one through six it gives the responsibility of what the wife's responsibility should be to the husband. It talks about being submissive, It talks about showing respect. It talks about how the wearing of jewelry and all these other things, which are biblically based. But I think it is important to widen our context as we look here at verse 7, as it begins to talk about what the responsibilities are to the husband. Because you and I both know that marriage is a partnership. And within that partnership, there are different types of roles and responsibility. So I was really encouraged when the pastors decided that we were going to have this series on family talk. Talking to married folks, talking to the children, talking to singles, and just talking about family in general. What an amazing place to be to learn about these things because this is the society that we find ourselves living in. So as we look at this particular text, there are three things that jump out at me that I want to share with you for the next few minutes. And the three things that jump out at me are the understanding, honor, and prayer. Understanding, honor, and prayer. But in my mind, in my experience, the author puts the most difficult one up front. Because he talks about understanding her way, or in an understanding way. Listen, you all. Brenda and I have been married for over thirty-five years. We have been really good friends for over fifty years, and we have had a lot of communications. We've gone on a lot of dates. We've had a lot of conversation. Gone on trips, traveled everywhere. But sometimes, I just don't understand. Are y'all with me today? And it takes time to understand your spouse. I said that to say this. If you're in a dating relationship, take some time to understand the person that you're walking with. i want to share a few things with you about Brenda Gaines. She's not here so I can share these things. <laughs> because you got to get to learn who your spouse is you got to understand her likes and dislikes, her strengths and her weaknesses, if you want a solid marriage. And I've learned a lot of my wife's likes and dislikes, some the easy way and some the hard way, and some I'm still learning. And one of the things I've learned over the years is that when we would always go on a trip, I would always book the hotels. But what I come to realize is, those hotels needed to pass her inspection. And I learned this the hard way, because all too often we'd have to pack up and go find another hotel. Uh, So what I learned is that before we check in, she goes and checks it out. That way I don't have to carry all the bags up, unpack everything, and five minutes later pack it all up, And take it all back down to the car and find another hotel. I'm talking about taking some time to understand who your spouse, your wife is. Her strengths and her weaknesses. When you find out her strength, cheer her on. When you find out her weaknesses, lift her up. And be that banner. I'm talking about marriage the right way. You know, people can tell you all kinds of things, but there's nothing like knowing your spouse for yourself. And I know in today's world, people, get, people find out each other on Monday, get engaged on Tuesday, and get married on Wednesday, get divorced on Thursday, <laughs> consider remarriage on Friday. But that's not who we are. Just as our relationship with Christ, we ought to have a strong and personal relationship with the woman of our dreams. Marriage is a commitment because it means you are putting your absolute trust in this person. So let me give you a few more things to consider when you want to know about your wife. I'd like for you to also talk with her but listen to her. A lot of folks done a lot of talking, but a lot of times we're not listening. Hear what our thoughts are. Take time to sit down and have an eye-to-eye conversation. See, communication is not sending an email or sending a text and reading that email or reading that text. Communication is acknowledging, I hear your pain. I know your concern, and your concern is my concern your joy is my joy so listen to her know and understand her dreams and goals this area I have grown a lot in personally years ago when Brenda was retiring from the federal government and in my mind I had a path that we were going to go on and that path was she was retired I was going to now be able to come home to cook dinners every day, (laughs) have my laundry picked up. That was in my mind. But then one day she said, you know, I want to go into business for myself. I'm like, what? And so I said to myself, she said, this is my dream. I'm like, okay, we've been married like 30 years. This is the first time I'm here in this dream. But she said, I want to go into business for myself. And so I heard that. I said, okay, this will probably last 60 to 90 days, and then we'll be on with it. But God began to open doors, and she really stuck to it. And so now I find myself as being a part of that dream, and now I'm working for her in that company. (laughs) Because it's about knowing her dreams and how I can support her dreams. That's what marriage is about. The next topic I want to talk about is honor at all time. Honor means to show the highest respect. But first, let me set uh, the parameters. By stating honor means not just in her presence, but when you're not in her presence. See, it's one thing to put on a smiley face and talk all good when you're in her presence. But what happens when you're not in her presence? I believe that marriage is sacred. So let me talk first about why you're in the presence of each other. I believe that marriage is sacred and it must be respected and defended at all times. Uh, We must not allow the enemy to get a foothold in our marriage by outwardly disrespecting one another in public. I know it may seem basic, but I've seen a lot of situations go from bad to worse because respect was not displayed in in a public setting. Case in point, same words spoken in privacy with each other, are not as thinking as they are when you speak them out in public. Am I right about it this morning? And I know in today's world, uh, people want to get on television and bash their spouse, all to keep the ratings going, all to sell the next book. But I submit to you, that's the course of action. The next book you'll be writing is how my marriage ended up in the divorce. Another way to show respect is tell her how much she means to you. I think a lot of this is done during the courtship phase. Oh, baby, you're the sweet. Oh, I just love you so much. But as time goes along, we still got to do that work because marriage is more than the ceremony of walking down the aisles. So take time to tell her how much you love her and how much she means to you, just like from day one. And here's what I'd like to also focus on. Be accountable with your schedule. In other words, don't juggle your schedule to fit her in because she should be your schedule. Am I right about it this morning? And I know we got all the responsibility, but my number one priority has to be my wife. So don't be accountable to your schedule. If you're running late, let her know you're running late and why you're running late and what time you're going to be there. It doesn't mean manhood is gone. I want my wife to know where I'm at, at all times. Now, the second aspect of this is having that highest respect when she's not in your presence. Because it's one thing when you're together, but it's a whole different aspect when you might be in two different locations. Can we talk for a minute? First, don't you disrespect her. And second, hold on, don't allow anyone else to disrespect your wife. Oh, can I walk this out for a moment here? Including your friends. Uh-oh, I'm going to another spy, Including church members. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> including coworkers. And lastly and most important, don't allow your family members to disrespect your wife. That's where you hold the ground. Them fighting words when it comes to disrespecting my wife. I'm talking about marriage the right way. Don't discuss her weaknesses with others always lift her up in the presence of others always glorify her in the presence of others and lastly when it comes to honor now wait for this one and i'm saying these things because as a preacher i've come across conversations and doing marital counseling but this one i wanted to point out do not compare her to other women Do not compare. (laughs) Maybe I don't need to say more. (laughs) I don't care how good the meal may or may not be. At the job is not the place to be discussing that. I don't care about weight gain or weight loss. Don't ever compare your, your wife to another woman. That does not bring honor, honor to the marriage. And the last point, the last aspect is don't block your blessing. For the text as "Being heirs together of grace of life. Treat your wife as an equal as they are heirs of God's grace. If the previous points haven't nailed the gold of honoring your wife, here's where I could drop the microphone. Because I also say so that your prayers may not be hindered. So allow me to make the tough statement first. If you feel like your prayers aren't being answered, maybe it's time to examine how you're treating your wife. Am I right about it this morning? But there are at least two things to, that you, I would like you to consider that might be hindering your prayer life. And the first uh, first one I'd like for you to think about is being selfish. Let me unpack that for for you. you. If you want to get married to the wrong person, marry someone that is selfish and only thinks of themselves. If you want to put your marriage on the express lane to divorce court, act selfish. I've never bought into the cliche that marriage is 50-50. In my mind, marriage is 100-100. I'm either in it 100% or I'm not. And you got to be in it 100%. Just like during the dating phase, you're in it 100%. As the years go by, you got to stay in it 100% all the time and everywhere. We got to be like Christ, and we must emulate Christ. Christ loved the church so much that he gave his all. And as husband, we must love our wives and give our all. The ultimate sacrifice, always lifting up. And we must make sure that we always glorify our wife. Because you ever been around a couple and it seems like only one part of the marriage is happy or receiving any recognition? And you walk away thinking, man, what's going on there? I encourage you to lift up each other. Don't you be the only one blessed in the marriage. Let others know that this is your wife and I'm blessed to have her in my life. I'm talking about marriage the right way. The other is uh, unforgiveness. If you are single and struggle with unforgiveness, let me assure you, if you don't fix it, you'll end up marrying and being in a big mess. So work on unforgiveness. And if you're married and haven't learned how to forgive, I want to remind you that you've been forgiven, so you must forgive others. You know, on rare occasions, I've heard couples say they've never argued or had a disagreement. I'm not going to question the truth of that statement. I don't live in their house. But for the other 99.9% of us, if you've been married for more than one day, you probably have ran into some arguments and some disagreements. But any healthy marriage... must be founded in the aspect of unforgiveness. I forgive you for what you have done so we can move forward. Now, it doesn't mean an endorsement of the bad behavior. It means I forgive you, and we are not going down this path again. So I conclude with with this. We must love our wife like Christ loved the church, that he gave everything for the church. And I'm talking about marriage the right way not the television way, not my best friend's way, not how mama said it should be done, not how daddy said it should be done, but how the scripture says it should be done, and particularly as we look at this particular seventh verse, in an understanding way, to give honor and to give respect so that our prayer life will not be hindered. Couples must pray together. Couples must worship together. Couples must come together and have a discussion on how to raise their children, how to discipline their children. Couples must communicate. Single folks, you must understand this about the person that you may be deciding to walk down the aisles with. Do they have a biblical foundation in their life? During the second service, Reverend Jones said, The first question that you will want to ask is, do you know the Lord? If you're a single person, you're dating someone or about to date someone, is, do they know the Lord? And then he he indicated. Now, once they've said the affirmative yes, does their lifestyle, does the walk match the talk? Because it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. And you want someone who's not obviously just saying it, but someone who can actually live it. And I'll say this, because he made the point that I want to echo in this service as well, is marriage is tough enough when you have two believers together. And when you marry someone or hook up with someone that don't know the Lord, that brings all kinds of unique, different challenges in your life. But maybe you're saying, Preacher, I'm already there. Well, I'd like to share this final story. I've shared it before. While Brittany and I was dating, I thought I had a personal relationship with the Lord. But I recognized, looking back, I really didn't. But I knew she had a personal relationship with the Lord. And it was through her witness, it was through her lifestyle that I ultimately accepted the Lord as my personal Lord and Savior. It's not because she beat me up with the scriptures, it's because she lived her life according to the scripture. And by her living her life according to the scripture, as a man, I could only go, wow. Though I've said this, she has forgiven me. Though I've done this, she has forgiven me. I need to go to that church and figure out what's going on. And when I went there and I'd heard that message, I decided to walk down that aisle just because I wanted that personal relationship with the Lord. And so that's what a marriage can do if you do it the right way. If you put God first, live the life, and then your spouse can see that light and come to the Lord. God bless you. I want to thank you for joining in and listening to today's uh, sermon. I pray that it touched your heart and that it will encourage you uh, tomorrow, the day after and any days in the future. So God bless. And please feel free to come back and join us again. Thank you for listening.